Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I want to deal over the next little bit uh, with this subject of continuing in the truth. And uh, everything that we're teaching seems this year has its, uh, its genesis in our covenant. And uh, we've talked about the three things that we always focus on and remember is that I have a covenant. We talked about that even this morning uh, in the importance of the resurrection that, that I have a covenant. I have a covenant with Almighty God. God is the one that initiated that. God is the one that, that was the initiator of it. It was God's idea to enter into covenant with Abraham. It was God's idea to bring me into the covenant that God made with Abraham. Secondly, the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. It's a covenant book. The Bible calls itself truth. Uh, John 17, 17 says the word is truth. And that word truth means truth, true in whatever matter under consideration. The word is truth. Psalm 119 says, uh, uh, the psalmist said this, he said, I consider all your precepts concerning all things to be right. Uh, I have to look at the Bible as a covenant book because God said in Psalm 89, he said, my covenant I will not break and I won't change or alter or modify the thing that's gone out of my mouth. And so I have to look at it that way. Finally, thirdly, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. The fact that I have a covenant enables me to call things that be not as though they were because that's how God operates. He said in the book of Isaiah that God who calls the end from the beginning, he calls the end of a thing from the beginning of a thing. Uh, Romans 4 says he calls those things that be not as though they were. All right, well, God can call the end of a thing from the beginning and call things that be not as though they were because God can't lie, and he's a covenant God, and when God says something at the beginning about the end, even though at the beginning it doesn't look that way, God has put his word out there, and if I will believe what he said, then what he said will come to pass in my life, because it's truth. When God says something, it's automatically truth. So when God shows up and he says, this is what I'm going to do, but it looks like that, that's, that's anything but what's going to happen, God has said it. And he said, I won't break my covenant and I won't alter what I've said. I won't. This, that, that is a requirement for strong faith. If God said it, then, then not only can I trust it, it's, it's going to happen. I could say it this way. If God has said it, it's done. It's just a matter of seeing it occur. My job is to continue in the truth. In 2 Timothy 3, 13, the Apostle Paul makes this statement uh, to 
the young pastor Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things that you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Now notice what he says. He says, here's what's going to happen. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. Uh, the, the literal rendering of that is they will go from worse to worse, bad to worse. All right? But notice what he says. He says, you continue in what you've learned. Paul says the key to victory is to continue in the things that we have learned. Continue in what you have seen from the Word of God. Because being distracted by is the, is the opposite of continuing. To continue means to remain, to stay, to be present. So wherever I'm at, I want to be all there. I've got to continue in what I know to be the truth. I was, uh, I was thinking about this the other day because I was, I was taking uh, Brother Jerry to the airport last week. And he asked me a question. And he said, uh, he mentioned a certain minister. And he said, have you seen this minister? And I said, no, I haven't, I haven't seen him and, uh, uh, for a while. And he said, uh, I don't know what happened. He said, they used to have me come preach at their church all the time. And it hit me. I got to continue in what I've learned. I got to continue in the word of faith. I got to continue in what I've been taught by my fathers. That's the key to victory. Notice what he didn't say. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. And you go find something new to help you out. No, he said you continue in the things that you have learned. Knowing who you've learned them from. Oh, glory to God. The enemy will try to distract you with things you can't change. There are certain things going on in the world. I don't have any say over in the sense of what's, what's going on. But I have a say over how it affects me. But the enemy will try to distract you with what you can't change. But there are things I can't control in the natural, but how what I can control is where I choose to remain, where I choose to stay. My mindset. I can choose to keep a covenant mindset. I can choose to stay with the faith of my fathers. The Lord told me years ago, he said, if you stay with your fathers, you'll stay safe. Amen. That's important. I can choose where I stay. What we have to be focused on is what God has said. Those are the things. That's the business that we're to be occupied with, is what did God say? And Paul states, no matter what's going on, stay with, continue in the things you have learned. No matter what happens in the world, it doesn't change what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stay with what the Word said. Amen. In any situation. what Listen, 
speaking to the mountain never changes. If there's a mountain that's in your way, the only thing you're supposed to do is talk to it. That never changes. You got to continue in that. Amen. But I've had people make statements like, you know, that faith stuff. And yeah, that used to be real popular. Well, what do you mean? What, what do you mean by that? Three times the Bible says that's how we live. We live by faith. Not denial, faith. And you've got to continue in that. No matter what happens in the world, it doesn't change what we're to do. We are to continue to remain steadfast, to stay there, to be present. In Isaiah chapter 8, Isaiah chapter 8, and uh, verse 12. This is something I grabbed a hold of two years ago. I mean, I grabbed a hold of it a long time before that, but it's something that's been in my mouth regularly. Verse 12 of Isaiah 8, Say not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy. Notice, neither fear their fear or be afraid. One translation says, don't believe their every conspiracy rumor. Hmm. And don't fear what they fear. Don't be moved or terrified. Now, folks, that's pretty plain. Don't be moved by their fear. The Amplified Bible says, don't call conspiracy or hard or holy all that this people will call conspiracy or hard or holy. Neither be in fear of what they fear or make others afraid or dread. Glory to God. So notice, he says plainly, don't believe their every conspiracy rumor. Don't fear their fear. I was in a meeting not too long ago, and somebody was ministering, and they said it was in times that they were ministering on. It was all conspiracy theories. It was all stuff off the internet. Hallelujah. You know, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. It's what they used to say about TV. You remember that? They used to say, well, they can't say it on TV if it's not true. What? As the doctor told you that cool menthol lights was the best cigarette for your lungs. Can't say that if it's not true. Amen. Do, do you see that? What do you do? Continue in what you've learned. Continue in what you've learned. Keep speaking to the mountain. Keep Calling those things that be not as though they were. Keep your words in line with what God said in the book. This is the way it's going to be. Right? Because the Bible says you will have what you say. In any matter under consideration. Amen. Don't fear their fear. Don't be moved by what they're moved by. Glory to God. Because the world will come up with every other week, every other month, they'll come up with another thing for you to be afraid of. Another can, And the church, my God, the church seems to be leading the charge in conspiracy theories. 
this is the mark of the beast and that's the mark of the beast and don't do this and don't do that and watch this. Folks, listen. We stay with what the Word said. Jesus is your healer whether you got a shot or didn't get a shot. Jesus is your healer. Well, I just believe this. Listen, I, I, I understand what people say, but you got to understand something. If you buy in everything that you put into your mind, everything you put in your mind, your spirit's going to eventually reach out and start grabbing it. And if you fill your mind with a bunch of stuff that doesn't mean anything, just filler, then what's your spirit got to pull from? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You got to keep your, the Bible says that we've got to keep our spirit full of the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that in the day of trouble that your mouth, when your mouth feeds your heart the word, when you need it, your heart will feed your mouth the word. That's what you need. I got to continue. There's no substitute for getting up every day, putting the word in my eyes, getting it in my heart, getting it coming out of my mouth. In my eyes, in my heart, coming out of my mouth. Every day, you continue in that. Glory to God. Now that's elementary, but people don't begin to fall off in the big things. They begin to fall off in the fundamentals. In the fundamentals. Now, I'm going to mention this, and and some of y'all won't have any idea what I'm talking about. But the San Antonio Spurs used to have, in my mind, the greatest power forward in the history of the NBA. Now, if you disagree with me, that's fine, but I'm the pastor, so don't do it publicly. (laughs) Tim Duncan. You know what they called him? The big fundamental. He wasn't flashy. He was just fundamentally sound. Did everything fundamentally sound. He never lost the fundamentals. Translated into what? Three or four championships. Now here's my point. What's the fundamentals? Put the word in your eyes, in your heart, get it coming out of your mouth. That's the fundamentals. Every day you're feeding your spirit the word, and every day your spirit is feeding your mouth the word. And you're answering situations according to the word of God, according to the covenant. You're speaking truth into non-truthful situations. You're speaking truth into circumstances that don't seem to be lining up. But the truth that you're speaking will begin to build those parameters and bring those things into line with what the word says. Glory to God. Amen. And notice what he said. He said, uh, don't call those things hard. Notice what the word said. Don't do that. Don't call it hard. What do you hear people say? Believers. Oh, hard times. Hard times. He said don't call it hard. That's not denial. Folks, there are hard things going on in the world. There are challenging times in the world. You can't deny that. But the more I talk about how hard it is, the harder it gets. Is that right? He said, don't call it hard. When you look at a situation, you call it what the Word says. Glory to God. 
Amen. But you know what you hear people saying? Well, I can't go on vacation this year. Well, why not? Can't go see my kids. Well, why not? Did you see the price of gas? I didn't think about it. You following me? I, I met a guy at the gas station the other day. I thought he was going to cry. I literally thought I was going to see a grown man cry. I got out of my car, and you know I'm an affable guy, and I got out, and he was standing there, and I said, hey, how you doing? He goes, man, sad. I said, why? What's wrong? He goes, I'm at 50 bucks, and it's only 10 gallons, man. And I thought he was going to cry. Well, I don't know what to say to that. Got a man crying at the gas pump. I wanted to look at him and go, man, fill it up. Believe God and fill it up. Don't call it hard. Hallelujah. Don't fear what they fear. Don't fear what they fear. I'm not talking denial. I'm talking about a faith that knows what the Word says, and you don't fear what they fear. Fear is the door for sickness. Fear is the door for financial poverty. Fear, what you fear. The Bible says, Job said, what I feared came on me. Fear is a magnet. Fear is an attractant. Fear attracts those things that can destroy my life. Hallelujah. So I can't, as believers, we cannot allow ourselves to be moved by theories, by speculation, or the fear that's in the world. I got to continue in the things that he has said. I continue in the truth. I'm only moved by the truth. Right? In order to focus on what might happen, I've got to take my eyes off the truth. Well, that might happen. I got to take my eyes off the truth to do that. In uh, Matthew 24. Matthew 24. I like my company, and I like what we believe, because it never changes. I don't have to update what I believe, because what I believe works. Hallelujah. You know, when uh, Brother Hagin, Brother Hagin, when he was on the earth, when he was still on the earth, he was older, of course, and he, would, uh, he was holding meetings, uh, you know, Brother Hagin held meetings almost till he was 90. Uh, his last meeting, he was 87. And, uh, uh, but the point that I'm making is while he was still on the earth, there were Rhema graduates, people that called themselves sons of Kenneth Hagin. And people would say, you know, uh, Dad Hagin's going to be over here ministering at this church. Are you going? And they'd say, no, I'm not going anymore. All he does is tell stories. Hmm. That's what they needed. And you know, a lot of those churches don't even exist anymore. You got to continue. You got to continue. Notice Matthew 24, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. Deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Do not be troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
Your nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famine, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Take heed. That means pay attention. Discern that nobody deceives you, that nobody misleads you. It's up to me whether I'm deceived or not. It's up to us whether we're deceived or not. The greatest safeguard against deception is the truth. The Lord said to me a few years ago, he said, don't be deceived and listen to nothing that would deceive. Now, I can't tell you what to listen to. I, I don't run your life. But I'm telling you, if you're listening consistently to deceptive things, you're going to be deceived. Because eventually it's going to make sense. Oh, glory. The Amplified Bible says you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not frightened or troubled. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. So no matter what you hear, see to it that you're not frightened or troubled. Glory to God. Anything we're told to do in the Word, the Word gives us the power to do it. Anything that I'm told to do in the Word, the Word gives me the power to do it. In Mark 13, verse 5, Mark 13 and verse 5, Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. Many will come in my name saying I am Christ and deceive many. And when you hear wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled for such things must be. But the end is not yet. The Amplified Bible says don't get alarmed, don't get troubled and frightened. Now notice something. Jesus doesn't suggest that we refuse to be alarmed. Just like he didn't suggest that you don't worry. He said, don't. Now, I got quiet in this Word of Faith church. He didn't suggest it. He said, don't be anxious about anything. Paul followed that up when he said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, don't be anxious, don't be worried, don't be troubled, present it to God. And when you do that, the peace of God that passes all understanding, it won't make sense to you, but the peace of God will show up, amen, and give you the victory. So this is not a request. This is not a suggestion. He says, do not get alarmed, troubled, and frightened. Because there's things we're going to hear. There, there are things that we're going to see. And our job is to see to it that we're not troubled or frightened. Glory to God. The Lord said to me, he said, along with these confessions... I was, I was confessing some things one day. He said, along with these confessions, always and above all, practice peace. Don't allow any worrisome, peace-robbing thoughts. My help is in my peace, not worry. My help is in my peace. If I maintain my peace, 
There's nothing the enemy can do. My help is in my peace. If you maintain your peace, you stay solid. You stay steady. Hallelujah. The power in the truth flows from a place of peace. Hallelujah. Well, you know, this is coming up, and they're saying this, and that's not peace. That's not peace. Folks, I'm, I'm going to say something that maybe I think needs to be said. If you haven't seen that even in the natural, all the things they're talking about in the world, that we're overcoming them, the things they said was so detrimental and so deadly and so, oh, it's just, it's the worst thing ever. People are overcoming it. I'm not making light of it, but what does that do? That robs your peace. Amen. There are people that I know that were vaxxed, double vaxxed, boosted, wouldn't come to church, wore two masks when they went out, and still got COVID. I'm not against any of that. I'm not making fun of it or making light of it. What I'm saying is their peace was robbed from them. You can put whatever on your body, and if you're not walking in a place of peace, it will get to you. When you're operating from a place of peace, you're operating from a place of power. Jesus never lost his peace. And because he never lost his peace, he never lost his power. Glory be to God. Amen. Luke 21 says the same thing. Jesus made the same statement concerning this. And uh, he made a statement here in Luke 21, 9. He said, but when you hear of wars and commotions, don't be terrified, for these things must come to pass. The end is not by and by. Notice, when you hear of them, don't be terrified. The Amplified Bible says, don't even begin to be terrified. Don't even start to be worried. Glory to God. Because fear will affect your capacity to believe. Verse 26 of Luke 21 says, that men's hearts will be failing them for fear and for looking after those things coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Fear will affect your capacity to believe. Men's heart, physical and spiritual, will fail them because of fear. Because what they see coming on the earth. Glory to God. Verse 33 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And take heed to yourself, lest any time, notice, take heed to yourself, lest at any time, any time. The Woos Bible says, at any time your hearts are weighed down with drunken nausea and intoxication and the anxieties pertaining to the affairs of this life. 
and that day burst in upon you unexpectedly. That's exactly what this word, when he says overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, that word surfeiting, it means an overemphasis on self an overemphasis on what I may be going through, an overemphasis on what I may be facing. And the indication here is the more you focus on it and the more you put your mind on it, you get drunk with care. You can't make good decisions drunk. You can't make good decisions weighed down with care, weighed down with worry. You don't think right. Glory to God. And he says, he says, notice that there are things that can come upon us when we start to fear and be anxious. He said, you'll be so overwrought with this that that day will come in upon you unawares. There are things that God wants to do for people and they won't see it because they're so overrun with care. Glory to God. Amen. You remember the story? Brother Hagin, he said that he was uh, unlocking the door one night, and he said he was holding a, a, a Ken Jr., and Miss Aretha was holding Pat, and he said he was trying to fumble with the lock and get the key in the lock, and, and he finally got the, the key in the door, and Miss Aretha looked at him, and she said, if me and these kids just fell over dead, I don't think you'd worry at all. He said, well, no, I wouldn't worry. What good to be do worry? You'd be dead. Now, I'm not telling you to say that. That was his mindset. I'm not going to be full of care about anything. If you have a covenant, what is there to be in care about? He said, when you're tempted to care, go look at the birds. Now, what he said? Go look at the birds. In, in, in the book of Matthew, he said, don't be anxious about anything. Go look at the birds. He said, notice, they don't have the ability to sow or reap, but your heavenly Father takes care of them. What's the indication there? You can sow and reap. The birds can't sow or reap. They don't have the ability that we have to do that. And yet, you've never seen a bird worried. You've never, you've never went to your window in your kitchen and saw a bird outside knocking on the window. Hey, buddy. You got some bread? I'm worried. Worms are in short supply. Now, I know that's humorous a little bit, little humor. But the point is, you've never seen it. You've never, you've never seen it. You see that same bird every day at the same place. I have two turtle doves that sit on top of my house every morning and make that noise they make. But they're there all the time. And never once have I showed up and they were talking to each other about how bad things are. He said, look at the birds. When you're tempted to worry, look at the birds. He said, when you're tempted to worry, look at the lilies of the field that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. In other words, they are so beautiful and they don't have the ability to sew. They don't have the ability to make clothing or buy clothing. But your heavenly father clothes them. He said, how much more will he do for you? 
Glory to God. Amen. Well, I might lose my job, or you might not. Well, what if I do? You'll get a better one. Hallelujah. Yeah, but people aren't, people aren't buying things like they used to. Somebody is. Last I was at Dillard's, the suit rack's still full. Somebody's buying them. Somebody's buying cars. They're still in the lot. I know people in this church that have bought a car recently. Somebody's still buying them. Somebody's still got money to buy them. But if you start fearing what they fear, you'll start making provision. You'll start prepping. Amen. Am I helping you? Philippians chapter 4. Notice what Paul says. See, we're continuing in the truth. The Bible said in uh, uh, Hebrews 4, you don't have to go there, but he said in, in Hebrews 4, he said that there was a group of people, the people of Israel, the people that God brought out of Egypt, the, God, the people that heard the gospel, the gospel that they heard was the gospel of the promised land. That it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a land of provision. It's a land of everything that you're going to need. And the Bible says they did not mix that with faith. And because of that, they couldn't enter in. It is possible to live in a place of peace where you're not moved by any circumstance that shows up. But I have to continue in that. I have to refuse to be moved. That's the fight of faith. It's not a fight for faith. You have faith. Faith was given to you, Romans 12, 3. Every man's been given the measure of faith. The faith that you've been getting from the Word of God, it's there. It's yours. It's accessible. It belongs to you. When that situation shows up, you stand in faith and refuse to be moved. I'm not going to be moved by that. You've got to continue in that. Glory to God. Philippians chapter 4, and uh, for the sake of time, I'll read it to you from the, the Woos Bible. He says, stop worrying about even one thing. Hmm. So evidently, he was writing to some people that were worrying. And he said, stop worrying about even one thing. Not one thing. Not one thing. Nothing. You know, Brother Hagin came under some fire when he said worry was sin. There are people I know that still don't like that. Because after all, everybody worries. Everybody, everybody has some care. Right? That's why he said. He said he got to that verse in Matthew where Jesus said not to worry about one thing. And he said, that shut the light off for me. He said, I couldn't go any further. Because I told the Lord, Lord, if I got to quit worrying, I'm done. He said, because my mama and my grandma were champion worriers. World champion worriers. Right? And if I got to quit worrying, what am I going to do if I can't worry? And he said, I was stopped until I conquered that. 
Hallelujah. Yeah, but pastor, you know, you got to use good common sense. I, I understand that as long as you're not using that as a disguise for worry. See, here's Christian worry. Well, brother, I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. Not worried, just been on my mind. That's worry. You got to continue in what you've learned. He said, stop worrying about even one thing. So there's nothing I'm supposed to give my spiritual energy to to worry about. To worry, you've got to expend spiritual energy. And that every time you worry about something, it takes spiritual energy that you need for something God wants to bring into your life. It takes that energy away from my faith. I need that energy. Say it out loud. Say, I need that spiritual energy. Glory to God. But he says, in everything. In how many? So watch. Don't worry about even one thing. And in everything. Don't worry about one thing. And in everything. What everything? Everything what? Everything you're tempted to worry about. But in everything by prayer whose essence is that of worship and devotion and supplication which is a cry for your personal needs with thanksgiving. So we have the the process there. Petition, supplication, thanksgiving. For your request, let your request be made known In the presence of God. Stop worrying about even one thing. If you're going to worry, it does no good to pray. If you're going to worry, it does no good to supplicate. If you're going to worry, it does no good to thank you. Does no good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those words should not come out of our mouth. Well, I'm just worried. That shouldn't come out of your mouth. I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to just say something just flippantly. That has to come out of your heart. I'm not worried. Right? Stop worrying, notice, and make your request known to God. And he said what would happen. The peace of God which surpasses all power of comprehension, will mount guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A simple way of saying that is it's something that maybe in the natural it looks like I should be worried about, but I'm not worried about it because the peace of God has so overwhelmed me. Amen. The people that I put great trust in in my life, the thing that I've seen about them over the years is they're the same. There's no no extremes. They're not here one day and down here. And I've watched the people that I trust, I've watched them walk through dark, hard times, and they're the same. They never change. They continue in the truth. Hallelujah. No matter matter what, a a challenging medical diagnosis, 
a circumstance comes up, something happens in the family, they never change. This is the way it is. This is how we function. This is how we walk. We make our requests known to God. When you make your request known to God, that closes the book. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. He, Jesus said, whatever I ask, I'll receive. Glory to God. So this peace protects me and keeps me. The peace only shows up when I decide to stop worrying. If I won't stop worrying, the peace can't show up. I have to choose not to worry. One, one of our children one time was just determined to, to live wrong. I don't know if you have any children like that or had some. But the, the point is, I remember, the, I remember the night. I remember the, the night I decided there's going to be no more worry about that for me. If I believe what the Word said, that's it. And Pastor Michelle taught on this, and, and, and uh, you, you may have been here when she did. And she said, she said, uh, I remember the night that we were laying there in bed and she said, I was, my mind was just trying to run away with me about this child's doing this and this child's doing that. And she said, and I looked over at my husband, he just looked so peaceful and was just sleeping good. And she said, well, he's asleep getting good night's rest and I'm the one sitting up worrying. Well, I read in the book of Psalms where it said this, he said, it is vain for you to sit up all night and worry. Because unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain. You're sitting up in vain. Either God said he would contend with them that contends with me and he would save my children, or he didn't. If he did, then right now God's contending with those forces that are trying to contend with my children, and the end result is they'll be saved. I may leave the earth before it happens, but I've got a promise that it will occur. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Let me hurry. Let, let's, let's look at these last few. Are you receiving tonight? Psalm 56. We're almost done. Get you home to those Easter leftovers. Glory to God. Psalm 56, verse Three, what time I'm afraid, notice, I will trust in God. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Notice what he said. When fear comes, I'm going to trust in God. Praise and rejoice and put our trust in the word. And the result is what? I will not fear. Won't fear. What time I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. Psalm 118, Psalm 118 and verse 6. Glory to God. The Lord is on my side. Or the Lord is for me. Notice, I will not fear. Notice. What can man do to me? Now, you put all that together. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is for me. Colon. 
So we could put the word so there. The Lord is on my side, so I will not fear. Now notice, put it together. And if I will not fear, what can man do to me? The Lord's on my side, so it takes fear out. And if I won't fear, what can man do to me? Nothing. Hallelujah. In uh, Hebrews 13. And, and this is something that's not just word of faith theology. I know people that know word of faith theology, but they don't have the outworking of it in their life. This, this, this is something that, that you can just parrot. This has to be something that you're working. The Lord is on my side, so I won't fear. So there's nothing man can do to me. I've talked about the situation where Pastor Michelle and I were believing for a certain thing. And the Lord came and the first thing the Lord did was give us, give me a verse to stand on. And that verse was the heart of the kings in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wants to turn it. Well, we were, we were in a legal situation. And so I would put the name of that judge in there every morning. Judge so-and-so's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it wherever he wants. Now something happened. Another verse he gave me was this. When a man's ways please the Lord, he will cause even his enemies to be at peace with him. Here's what that means. Everybody's at peace with me up to and including my enemies. And when my enemies think about me, they think good thoughts about me. There's an ease that comes to them. Why? Because my ways please the Lord. See, that takes the fear of man away. That takes the fear of circumstances away. The Bible says, I will not fear what man can do to me. In Hebrews 13, verse 5, notice it says this, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now notice, he has said, verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what man can do to me. He has said, what did he say? I'll never leave you nor forsake you, so we can boldly say, I will not fear what man shall do to me. I got to continue in that. That's how you answer those circumstances. That's how you answer that situation. I, I will not fear. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is, he said that he would never leave me or forsake me. Ever. That's covenant language. That's covenant language. He will not. Glory to God. Amen. When the, I'll end with this. When Pastor Michelle and I, you know, it was, uh, well, it was seven years ago. Seven years ago, March 26th, I think it was, 27th, that, uh, that I ministered for the first time in the La Quinta over off of Shackleford, seven years ago. And, uh, you know, when we, when we begin to tell people that the Lord had dealt with us to start a church in Little Rock and move our home here 
and make the, the base of operation, the hub of the ministry here. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I had one person all but tell me, you know, that's, that's a mistake. But I had to come to this decision that this is what God said. So I'm not going to fear these circumstances, this situation. Well, March 15th, which was, which was uh, actually it was March 15th that I ministered seven years ago. On March 26th, 27th, here in the church, the Lord said to us, the shift has come. Seven years. The number seven is the number of completion the number of perfection. And here's what the Lord's been telling me. That seven years was the first phase of the ministry here in this city. We came to the completion and the shift has come. We're just going to continue in what we've done, what we've learned, what God's asked us to minister. The Lord said to me when we came to Little Rock, he said, I, I need, I still need a word of faith voice in that city. Now, I don't know what that means, other than that's what he told me. So that's, that's what we're doing. Amen. And we're just going to continue to do that. I believe God.